Well, good morning. Welcome to Grace Community Church. My name is Christine. As you can see, I am also with my pals Jacob and Nathan Canada this morning. And we have some amazing announcements to share on this student-driven Sunday. Parents, tonight is our ProTech seminar from 6.30 to 8 in the Student Center. This event is designed to help you navigate the world of technology and raising your children. It's geared for parents, but open to all adults. And best of all, it's free. Our next baptisms will be on Sunday, May 6th. If you wish to be baptized, please circle B as in Bible on the information card in front of you. Our next pa parent-child dedication will be on Sunday, May 13th. If you wish to have your child dedicated, please circle D as in Disciple of Jesus on the communication card and then drop it in the offering plate. Men, this is for you. We are bringing Steve Farrar out on Friday night, April 27th, and Saturday, April 28th to speak to you. You won't want to miss this. You can sign up for this on the patio at the table. If you're here for the first time, we'd like to welcome you. You are our guest. Please raise your hand and catch the attention of one of our ushers coming down the aisles. We want to get some information about you. Please fill out the communication card in the back and drop it off in the offering plate and let us know how we can better serve you. Also, please take advantage of the coupon for the Grace Cafe. Thank you. It's a wonderful day. It's an amazing day to worship the Lord, to appreciate the people of this church who make up this church, and part of those people are the incredible students that you see on stage today. So let's just worship the Lord together. Good morning, Grace Community Church. Are you guys excited to praise the Lord this morning? Let's all stand as we do that together. Let's put our hands together. Here we go. Yeah. 
some praise this morning. Oh, uh-huh. 
guys take this time to greet your neighbors around you? Good morning, church family. I'm Riley Borg, or the ukulele girl, as some of you know. I'm in eighth grade in the junior high ministry and have been coming to Grace for about three and a half years. Over spring break, the junior high ministry hosted a small soccer camp at Golden Oak Elementary. There were six kids and 14 volunteers. For three days every morning, we played soccer, then Jared Irvine told the kids about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Since there were so few kids, we got the chance to connect better with each of the kids. One of the kids I connected with was named David. I tried the first two days to talk about Jesus Christ with him, but he always changed the subject, but I kept being persistent. I decided on the third day I was going to be very serious about the subject of Jesus Christ and give him a Bible. After I decided to give him the Bible, I made a plan as how I'd talk to him. I took out my old study Bible my parents gave to me long ago, go, <laughs> and my old Iwana book. I wanted to encourage him, so I picked out meaningful verses from my Iwana book and tagged them into the Bible. I referenced John 3:16, For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I also referenced Romans 5:8, That God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. In Galatians 5:16, And so I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. I had my Bible, my verses, and was ready to try and bring this child to Christ. We arrived, played some soccer, then took a break. I set my plan in motion. I pulled him away from the main group and began talking about Jesus Christ. He didn't change the subject, and we talked until he had to leave. He didn't accept the Bible at first when I tried to give it to him, and it was pretty awkward to say the least. But after a bit of convincing, he took the Bible. I really hope my message to him uh, made him believe and see who Jesus really is. Maybe he even accepted Jesus Christ into his own heart. That's my story of Soccer Camp. Thank you for listening. Good morning, my name is Jared Irvine, pastor of Junior High Ministries. Well, we just celebrated Easter, and 50 days after Easter is Pentecost. The most famous Pentecost in Christianity is recorded in Acts chapter 2, where the Spirit of God is poured out on the church, and Peter, the apostle, has this great evangelistic sermon. I mean, it's so, it's so great that 3,000 people 3,000 people convert on the spot that day. That's an astounding result. And because it happened so early, the very first sermon, and had such a great result, it has become a model of evangelism that's even used today. Even the late Billy Graham used something like it. So, but that's not the only model of evangelism in the book of Acts, even. A couple chapters later, there is... Philip, another apostle, and he meets this single person, this Ethiopian eunuch. And he leads him to Christ by reading the Bible and reading specifically out of Isaiah 53. And so this is a, an example of the model of evangelism that's, that's a personal, an individual model. And even though it's only one person, 
And it's, it's in the shadow of Peter with his great sermon that converts 3,000 people. It's not seen as any less important, though it's considerably less numbers. Because you have to ask, like, why, why would the author Luke waste ink telling about a single conversion? If you're trying to get the most, you know, bang for your buck sort of deal, like, you're going to tell the Peter stories. You're going to tell the mass evangelisms. So why does he tell the one? It's because God cares for even the one. God cares about individuals. Luke 15, 7 says that there is much rejoicing in heaven when even one sinner repents. And so that shows the heart of our God and the very depth of his love, that his love goes even down to the individual level, that he doesn't just merely love humanity generally or humanity broadly speaking, but he has a very meticulous love, a very personal love, an individual love. That he doesn't just love you all, y'all, we're in the South, but he loves you, singular. And that's overwhelming. Because I don't know if you know this, but there are like approximately 7 billion people that are alive on the planet right now. And that God actually loves them all personally and individually. That's just tiring thinking about that. But our God is infinite. Praise the Lord that he's not finite like we would get overwhelmed by loving everyone like that. But God can and God does. And he could do it if there were 7 billion earths and 7 billion galaxies because God's love is infinite and it's personal. And so I had to preach that to myself this spring break because we only had a few kids at soccer camp. We would have loved to have tons of kids, but we didn't. And if we wanted to compare ourselves with, with Peter and what he did and, and the conversion of 3,000, we've failed. But the Bible doesn't make those comparisons. The Bible celebrates the multitudes. The Bible celebrates the few. And that your efforts to tell of his kingdom and of his infinite love, no matter how small of an effort it is, causes great rejoicing in heaven and brings glory to God. And we know this because we know the very heart of our God, that his heart beats for the multitudes. It beats for the nations. It beats for the world, but it also beats for the individual. It beats for the single person. It beats for the one. And so our job is to love those who are in front of us, no matter how many there are. Because every human being matters. Because every human being is made in the image of God. And that when you treat people like that, that you show the heart of God. And so when Riley reached out to David at soccer camp or other junior higher students reached out to kids at camp, they showed that that child matters, that he is made in the image of God. That high school students, when you love the child from Urapan or El Zarillo, Los Flores, you declare that that child matters, that that child is made in the image of God, that satellite. When you show dignity, to a one street person living in Skid Row, that you said that that person matters, that they are made in the image of God, that when you help one neighbor, when you reach out to one coworker, when you show patient love to one family member, 
When you show kindness to one stranger, you say that that person matters and that they are made in the image of God. And then in fact, you embody the very heart of our God that loves. His love is so deep. His love is so personal. His love is so individual that you show that to that person. And so beloved of God, our mission is to love. It's to love. It doesn't matter who they are, where they are, and how many there are. Our job is to show the personal, individual, and deeply compassionate love of God to others. And that's what we all tried to do this spring break. Thank you. Say, I need a getaway. We got that getaway that takes them to a whole new place. Won't leave us empty, won't leave us craving more. We found that fulfilling fire that they've been looking for. Shouldn't hurt 
don't deserve it Still you give yourself away Oh, the overwhelming Never-ending, reckless love of God
love of God No, it chases me down Fights till I'm found Leaves the 99 I couldn't earn it I don't deserve it Still you give yourself away No, the overwhelming Never-ending Reckless love of God God, we thank you for this morning that we could gather together and worship you and hear the testimonies of what you did in our students' lives over spring break. God, we thank you for the amazing opportunities you give us to serve, and we thank you for your never-ending love and your endless pursuit of us. God, you are the reason for these incredible experiences. You are the reason for everything, God. Thank you for the missions that have happened this year, and we ask you would bless those to come. And now, God, we think of the hurting world we live in, a world that needs you more and more every day. God, we think of those living in Syria in the state of fear they are living in right now. God, for those living in Syria that know you, may they be a light and help those around know your peace that passes all understanding. God, we thank you for providing for us and caring for us. And now as we reflect on all you have given us, we give these tithes and offerings. Jesus, we love you. Amen. Things have passed away. Your love has stayed the same. Your constant grace remains a cornerstone. Things that we thought were dead, breathing in life again you cause your sun to shine on darkest nights for all that you've done we will pour out our love this will be our anthem song Jesus we love you we love you. You are the one I want to do. Hopeless have found their home. The orphans now have a home. All that was lost. Have Found its place in you. You lift our weary head. You make us strong instead. You took these rags and made us beautiful. For all that you've done. For all that you've done, we will pour out 
our love this will be our anthem song Jesus we love you oh how we love you you are the church. <clears throat> All right, if you guys don't know me, I am Jacob Goswick, and I am a junior at Golden West High School. This is my third time serving in the high school ministry to Mission in Mexico, and my sixth time overall to Mexico at the orphanage. It has been so honoring and such a blessing in my life every year I go, but this year has been extra or more touchingly to my faith. Um, I really learned, or like I was a music leader and a group leader throughout this trip. It was so fun being the music leader, like seeing all the kids dance and like just enjoy everything, like with all the songs and just give a, like have a blast. It's so amazing to watch. And I was also a group leader. It was just so fun to just have, like just lead these, lead these kids. It's just so awesome, amazing experience. Um, I was challenged and extended my faith as well during this um, week. Um, there was a blind man in the church of LZ and he offered, or he asked us to pray over him. It was kind of strange at first, just because we never seen or talked to the man ever before. It was really such a cool experience to just translate and just pray over this guy. And there was also a man in the same room. He was getting his, um, he was getting removed from his house and he had nowhere to stay. And he was eating breakfast at the church of LZ. It was so eye-opening of how openly um, open arms the church of LZ is to hold the whole community around the whole church. It's just so amazing to see. And um, so after this week, I came up with two realizations. Um, the realization is that if we are going to Mexico to be a missionary, why can't we be a missionary around here? Which is, which is my point that we need to be a missionary around everywhere around us, everywhere we go, not just in Mexico. Um, I've been extremely busy with the musical for these past two weeks, five to 11 about every night. And yeah, it's just, um, that point never left me from Mexico. I've always been openly talking about my faith and having, um, uh, sharing my faith with everyone around me in musical. Another realization is that you have to choose two paths. Either you serve God or the world. 
and mine is for the God. So if you're choosing that, um, that route, you have to stay with that route. If you're slipping off over and over again, it's not going to show that you're proving your point. So the verse I want to close with is Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. Thank you. Good morning. Um, hi, my name is Sarah Thomas. I'm a sophomore in Mount Whitney. And this year was my second year in Mexico, and this year I served as a group leader in Los Flores. My biggest challenge this year was as we were preparing to leave, uncertainties began to mount. I was nervous that this year wouldn't be like last year, and it wouldn't be as much fun, or that something would go wrong, or that I wouldn't be a very good leader. I was doing what I tend to do a lot, which is stressing out. Last year was my first year going, and I had a blast, and our team was really good. I was worried that this year would be different. But the day we were leaving, I realized this trip was going to be incredibly fun, partially because I, along with two of my best friends, were put in John and Wava Clark's van, which if you know John Clark meant we were in for a lot of laughs. <laughs> As it turned out, this year's team was insanely close and God was working, was already doing great things and was continuing to reveal himself in great ways over the course of the week. A highlight of mine from the trip was on the very first day of VBS when I asked my group of kids if there was anyone who wanted to ask Jesus into their heart. And they all said yes. I remember being in awe because I wasn't really expecting that. And I looked over at John and was like, oh my goodness, what am I supposed to do? And then I remembered, thank goodness to the weeks of training, what to do. They all prayed together and accepted Jesus. When I had finished, I saw lots of little smiles. It is a picture that will stay with me forever. As the days progressed, there were some kids who raised their hand multiple times and accepted Jesus into their heart multiple times. <laughs> Apparently they liked that prayer. <laughs> To some that might seem disingenuous, but we are there to plant a seed and God is growing that seed. We were there to share the gospel and I think we did our job because we made ourselves available. God worked through us and because of that, I know that one day I will see those little kids in heaven and that makes me very happy. During the week, God also touched my heart in another way. One of my friends was giving their testimony and while they were speaking, what they were saying was really hitting home. I felt like something was tugging on my heart saying it was time to rededicate my life to Christ. God was speaking through them and it made me run back to him. And because of what I heard in the testimony, because my friend was bold enough to share their story and let God speak through them, my life was changed and that meant a lot to me. To you, my church family, I would like to thank you for this amazing opportunity to serve with high school ministry in Mexico. Your support for this mission is truly a gift. I would like to close with these thoughts. Sometimes we don't know when God is working, but it is so important to take the risk to share about him and how he's working and then allow God to do his amazing work. Sometimes it takes a willing person to plant the seed and then God begins to grow in great ways. My challenge to you is to allow yourself to be used by God and to have faith that he will use you in your testimony for his glory and to continue to share his word so that like our work in Mexico and the Junior High and Satellite Ministries, we continue to plant more seeds and make ourselves available so that he can work through us and use us for his glory. I would like to close with the verse Psalms 105.1. Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Thank you. Good morning, church. My name is Stephen Elliott, and I'm the pastor of High School Ministries. And as you already heard, our, our high school students spent a week uh, serving in uh, Baja, California, Mexico. This year, our, our theme, Here I Am, looked at Isaiah 6-8 
and really the simply the importance of saying yes to God when he calls us. And Sarah really picked up on that theme throughout her, her message, if you caught it. Uh, she talked a lot about willingness and just simply being willing to say, yes, God, I will go where you send me. I will do what you call me to do. Isaiah 6, 8 says, Then I heard the Lord asking me, Whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. I want to give you just a glimpse of the impact that our that this trip had. Uh, our 48 students of our team shared the Gospels and ran a vacation Bible school where they, where they shared the Gospel and they served in the communities of Urapan, El Zorio, and Los Flores. And they partnered closely with the churches there where they, where they held their VBS. Uh, along with that, they also served... Uh, we also served and stayed at Mount of Olives Children's Village in the town of Urapan. Uh, throughout the, among the three vacation Bible schools held, 275 children were reached, as well as 60 mothers in the mom's program, the mom's uh, craft program where they, the, for the moms who brought their kids to the vacation Bible school. Um, 75 children made some sort of decision for Christ. We also partnered with the El Zorio Church in the community feeding program uh, that Jacob talked a little bit about, but uh, the, the church in El Zorio would open up their doors every day just to simply feed the poor in the communities, um, and members of that team stayed behind uh, every day and served 30 to 40 meals uh, daily, as well as washed dishes, uh, cleaned up, swept, and mopped, and all of those things. In Urapan, every day we put on an afternoon park ministry where we interacted um, and reached out to around 60 kids every day and built relationships with them. Um, so this ministry had a tremendous impact, but it also had a tremendous impact uh, on each person of the team as well. I want to read two things to you. <clears throat> the first is to challenge us, and the second is to encourage us. The first comes from one of our students, and she wrote this in her evaluation form. And at the end of the week, I give each student evaluation form and and. Just ask them to share thoughts, highlights, what they learned, ways that we can make the trip better. Um, but as I said, we, I also ask them what they learned and how they grew. And she wrote this, I learned that when I say, here I am, that means I have to be actively searching and making opportunities to share the gospel. Not wait for God to say go, he already told us to go. Those are her words exactly. But folks, that is a great truth. You see, God told us to go into this whole world and make disciples, period. He doesn't give exceptions to that. He doesn't say if it's convenient. He doesn't say if it's safe, if it's affordable, if it fits within our time frame or our desires or what we want or if it's easy or anything like that. He says, church, go and make disciples. And that's what we are supposed to do. And that's what we are called to do. He tells us to go. We should stop waiting for his call. He has already given us his call. Lastly, this is an excerpt from a letter by James Frazier, who was a missionary to China in the early 1900s. And this is especially to encourage you who prayed for us, who donated, who gave in some small way or some large way, uh, who was a prayer partner, you parents who helped support and listen to your kids' stories and testimonies over and over. This is for you. Frazier writes this, I am feeling more and more that it is the prayers of God's people that call down blessings upon the, upon the work, whether they are directly engaged in it or not. Paul may plant an Apollos water, but it is God who gives the increase. And this can be brought down from heaven by believing prayer. 
We are, as it were, God's agents to do his work, not ours. If this is so, then Christians can do as much for foreign missions as those actually on the field. I believe it will only be known on the last day how much has been accomplished in missionary work by the prayers of earnest believers at home. Church, thank you for also saying, here I am. Thank you for also being willing to help support and send those to this mission. You made all the difference in the world. You also changed lives. God bless you. Grace was a kingdom I stopped at the gate Thinking I don't deserve to pass through After all the mistakes that I've made Oh, but I heard a whisper As heaven bent down Said, child, don't you know that the first will be last and the last get a crown Crowned with thorns 
Yeah, we'll lay them down at your feet one day everyone. My name is Wesley Crum and I am 19 years old. I'm a student at College of the Sequoias here in Visalia and I am also an athlete there on the swim team. A few, a few weeks ago I had the opportunity to go on Satellite Ministries inner city outreach with a team of 10 people. Before I left for this outreach all I knew is basically we were going to go to a mission or a rescue mission and serve a lot of lunch meals to the homeless and people in need. And then we would later spend a whole day in a, doing an event called 12 Hours in Their Shoes, which is basically what we did, but it was a lot more impactful than just those two things. The outreach was a total of three days as we were led by Corey Ogborn and Landon Mullen through the city, or th yeah, through the city streets of Hollywood. And it wasn't until about 8 p.m. on Sunday night when we gathered as a team in our hotel and we talked about the, how impactful these next three days would be. The next morning, we ate breakfast, and we were on the road to the Union Rescue Mission, where we parked just a walking distance from the mission, and we had to walk through what was called Skid Row just to get to the mission. Now, Skid Row is where many tents are for the homeless to sleep. There's a lot of trash and a lot of smells that aren't so pleasant. Once we reached the Union Rescue Mission, though, we toured the five-story mission building, and that consisted of many different areas of help for the homeless, whether it's through health needs and, or your family needs. And it also consisted of a, or a history of the Union Rescue Mission and how it originated. At lunch, we served around 850 meals to the homeless, which consisted of preparing that many plates while serving them with a smile. That night, Corey led us in a debrief as we were eating dinner, and one of the things that stood out to me individually was the, excuse me, uh, how serious of the problem homelessness is, not only in Hollywood, 
but also throughout the United States and how overlooked it becomes. On Tuesday of the outreach, we did the 12 hours in their shoes, and that began at 7.30 a.m., and we later ended at 7.30 p.m. Our main goal was to raise our awareness of the homeless by limiting ourselves to $2 that day and only a water bottle to keep us hydrated while also speaking to the homeless people. Surprisingly, even though it was our job to go out and speak to the homeless ourselves, the first two conversations that morning were started by them speaking to us. And one of those people was Pierre. And Pierre came up to us. He didn't technically come up to us, but it ended up by him speaking to us first. And he spoke very rapidly and very incoherent. And it was quite hard to understand him. But before we knew it, he asked us if he could pray for us. And all of a sudden, it, came, it became very comprehensible what he was saying. And before he took off, one of our team members, which is TJ Wallace, asked if we could pray for him. And he was glad to do so. And then he was off on his way. It was later that Corey told us that every homeless person on this earth was created by God, just as each and every one of us were. It was Pierre that made me realize that the homeless are not any less created by God than we were. God used Pierre to speak to us as a team, just as we, he used us to speak to the rest of the homeless that day. It stood out to me that God loves each and every homeless person out there just as much as he would love you and I. James 2, 15 through 17 states, Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. With that, let's take action in our faith to help the homeless and serve them to the best of our abilities. Thank you, and help me welcome up the pastor of Satellite Ministries, Corey Ogborn. Hello, white people. That is the greeting we received as we left the parking structure and headed onto the street of Skid Row on our way to the Union Rescue Mission. As Wesley said, my name is Corey Ogborn. I'm the pastor of missions and young adults. And it is a privilege to be here this morning. It is a privilege to thank, to personally thank all of the young people behind me. Thank you so much for leading us this morning. We can thank them together. There we go. <laughs> I would also like to say a special thank you to Pastor Jared, Pastor Stephen, Brittany, and Kathleen before her for leading our young people at this church. What a tremendous job they do. Thank you. There's a lot of other leaders in this room as well, so I'm going to ask a special favor. If you are a leader in either child, children's ministry, junior high, high school, or in our young adult ministry, could you just stand where you are? Just stand up. Thank you for serving our young people. Thank you so much. Wait, stay standing for one second. I promised Brittany I would get a picture for all the people still sitting down so that she knows to, to hit up to serve in those classrooms in children's ministry. So thank you for that. Along with the opportunity to lead you this morning over spring break, I had an opportunity to lead some young adults. And while we were in Los Angeles, we toured the Union Rescue Mission. And what an incredible 
thing they have going on down there. They are um, related with our Union Rescue Mission here, so the, it's the same network of Union Rescue or Rescue Missions that we worked with down there. So it was a great opportunity. We served over 850 meals at lunchtime. I heard 874 was the final count, but I'm not sure how they got the exact number. There were a lot of people coming through there all day. On Tuesday, we did an event called 12 Hours in Their Shoes, and we spent 12 hours on the streets of Hollywood with $2 and no agenda. I realized that the pics um, that we showed, the pictures we showed, looked like we slept a lot, but we walked way more than we slept, and we interacted with people in these parks that we came across, and most of them were homeless. Uh, just for perspective, we walked about 12 plus miles, and we only slept less than a tenth of a mile, so... Um, <laughs> Good, you guys got it. Nine o'clock didn't get that joke, so I appreciate your laughs. Even if some of them were, you know, just because you didn't understand the joke, but you're laughing because you were supposed to. Thank you. It's in one of these parks that we met, Pierre and Nick. Uh, Pierre was high, most likely on meth. And even in his high state, he was trying to help a friend who was much higher than he was come down off his high by exercising, incidentally. Uh, we spoke to Pierre for about... 45 minutes in that we hadn't approached him and told him who we were or what we were doing there. And he started talking to us and his words were very incoherent. As Wesley said, we, we didn't understand what he was saying. His, his conversation was all over the place, um, obviously affected by meth, but he asked us not knowing we were from the church or what we were doing out there, if he could pray for us. Of course we said, absolutely. And in that moment, when Pierre bowed his head, his prayer was perfectly coherent. It was like a prayer we would say in church or any one of our students would have prayed over him. Um, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, Pierre prayed for us and we had opportunity to minister to him as well. And it's here in this park that I realized three human needs. And I want to share those with you this morning. They're not comprehensive. It's not all inclusive, but these are three human needs that we witnessed. The first need is to be heard. Everybody has a need to be heard. Everyone has a story. This means every person needs somebody to listen. Think about Wesley and sharing Pierre's story this morning. Think about Riley and her sharing the story of the young man at soccer camp at Golden Oak and how he's changed because of her interaction with him. Uh, remember his story. Think about Jacob, who shared with us this morning that he had opportunity to play, pray with a blind person in Mexico. That blind person's story continues because it's being told to you this morning. And think about Sarah and her story, the friend that touched her life as she rededicated it to Christ in Mexico, as well as just the incredible light Sarah must be on the Mount Whitney High School campus. Great stories we've heard this morning. James 1.19 tells us everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. Uh, this is talking about the word, and I realize that, but it also reminds me of something my grandmother used to tell me. Grandma Verna used to tell me, Corey, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. You should always listen twice as much as you speak. We need to listen. The second need is to have their needs met. Every person has a need. James 2 summarizes for us that we are not as a church to show favoritism. God has chosen the poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith. James 2.8 says, If you keep the royal law found in scriptures, 
love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin. In other words, see people. Don't look past them. Look at them. James 2.15 says, Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well. Keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? Faith without action is dead. We need to listen to people's stories and out of these stories identify their needs. And then we as a church need to care for their needs. Listen, I get it. People abuse the system. We shouldn't stop doing good because of that. My brother lived on the streets of Bakersfield for many years before he passed away. In the last six months of his life, he met people who heard his story and loved him off the streets and gave him opportunity to serve other people and meet other people's needs. The third need that people have is for an invitation to love Jesus. And to love Jesus, that normally starts with an invitation to be a part of community. When was the last time you invited anybody to church? When was the last time you invited a marginalized person to community? James 1.22 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. We haven't solved the problems of the world here this morning. We haven't provided for people's needs. We have heard people's stories, and we can continue to tell those stories. My first challenge to you is to continue the conversation and many conversations that started this morning. Young people behind me, how do you as friends carry the torch that was lit over spring break? The mission doesn't end. How do you as a family support these young people? Most importantly, how do you do what the word says? Parents, church family, friends, learn to listen. Hear a story. The story of one of these young people behind me. Identify them. Catch them after the service and have them tell you what they did over spring break and how it made a difference. Hear the story of your waiter or waitress at lunch today. You'll be there soon. Hear the story of a marginalized future citizen of heaven. Yes, as believers, we are citizens of heaven. Everybody else who has not made a first-time decision for Christ, we have opportunity as we identify them as a future citizen of heaven. Hear their story and tell them yours. If you listen to them, you'll have an opportunity to tell the greatest story of all, the story of Jesus and how he saved your life and how he changed you. And don't stop there. But as you hear people's stories, care for a need based on the story you hear. Invite somebody into community. I'm going to pray for us. Before I do, I want to invite you after my prayer, if you would like to, to join us up here. Tell your story. The leadership of the church, um, pastoral staff, elders and deacons and their wives will be up here to listen. We'll also pray with you if you have a prayer need. Let me pray as we dismiss this morning. Father God, thank you so much for an opportunity to be here this morning and lead the congregation in worship. We pray that what we have done has glorified you. And as we go from this place, God, help us to identify the needs of people by listening to their story. Help us to be changed by not just what we heard here this morning, but by the many stories of people and service over spring break. 
God, go with us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.